For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T R Y L I F E M D.com. You're listening to Two Chunks in a Hunk, a movie podcast where we give pumps and dumps. Two chunks and a hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders, and this week I am, of course, your chunk. I'm Doge, and seriously misunderstood creatures chunks are. It's the eyes, I reckon. And I'm Carter. Ah, oh, Harry, you need a hunk, my friend. Oh, good. Oh. And it wasn't even our third try, definitely. Carter, <laughs> did you just say you're the hunk? Yes. Tell the people what they want to know. Expound. I, I have a new father. <gasps> Wow. I don't have... It's not a replacement to my actual father. Okay, it's just like an addition. Or one of the earliest shout-outs ever. Shout-out to Rick Willis for being one half of what made me... Mm, certainly. Perfect. He's a sixth of what made this podcast possible. He yeah. really is. <clears throat> yeah. So, new dad. Yeah. I actually spend time with him every day, which is kind of how it was with my old dad. Um, but new dad, he... He helps me clean the dishes, and his name is Scrub Daddy. Okay. Okay. I'm not going to pitch it too much because I don't know if the Scrub Daddy people are listening. It's a free podcast. We don't. Yeah, we're not yeah, asking yeah. for anything of you. If anything, we're helping you. Have you guys heard of the Scrub Daddy? I actually not have even not. until right now. Please let me explain. Yeah, I'd I love want it if nothing you more. So it was on Shark Tank at one time, and I was really only Sold using. Already. I was Sold only already. using this video to show my students some of what are considered the best pitches of all time. Mm -hmm. It was to aid them in doing a persuasive speech. Right. Stumbled upon the Scrub Daddy pitch. It literally took one minute and 50 seconds, and it changed my life. <laughs> wow. The Scrub Daddy, I do not have a dishwasher, okay? But this was an None? okay thing for me. I do not have a dishwasher. And Are so, you a drying rack type guy now? Drying rack guy, wash all dishes by hand. Wow. Okay. One of the things I love about washing dishes a, look inside at a little bit of something new about me. I used to be obsessive compulsive. I, I basically had a disorder. Um, have I ever shared this on the podcast? I, I used so. to count my steps. Like I had to have the same amount of left and right steps in a day. If I turned completely around one way, I had to unwind the other or I would feel strange. Like I legitimately had problems. I'd wash mm -hmm. my hands 25, 27 times a day. They just get raw. <clears throat> my mom fixed all of that by just being a really cruel person. I can tell that story <laughs> at another time. I would like set up my army men in like perfect rows, just really anal, like just putting everything together all over the house. And she would be Godzilla and just be like, Godzilla! And like come in and just kick them everywhere and then say, I'm doing that because I don't want you to grow up weird. It worked. Yeah. Well, but it Tough also love. scarred me a little Tough bit. Love. Anyways, I love washing dishes. Here we are now to Scrub Daddy. Scrub Daddy is a sponge that just looks like an emoji. It is just literally a, a yellow sponge of a face. I think and you're I like, hate it. And you're like, that's strange. Here's the thing. Let's get sciencey. We like the science stuff. We've got a cinema scale. That's, yeah, sure. That's We're born, good birthed, friends of science. Birthed of science. So the Scrub Daddy, in hot water, this sponge becomes very soft. Good for just the cleaning part of things. But when sure. the cold water hits it, it is like wiry, 
like metal scrape. Whoa. Like it, it what? goes hard. So here's the thing. There's eyes and a mouth in the sponge daddy. The eyes are to put your fingers in so that you can just put the sponge daddy into like a cylindrical, I mean, you know, like a like a cup or something and scrub in there. So it's like letting you go into anything. The mouth, not just there for looks. The mouth is so that you can put silverware through it. Oh my god! And press down and simply clean with one swipe. I've now had four nights with Scrub Daddy, which is going to be my memoir when I eventually yeah, absolutely. write it. So this is like a this is like a new development in the Carter Willis story, no doubt. Okay, three dollars, and Whoa. it lasts like four months. You have convinced me. I'm probably gonna. Dude, where do you buy it's a Scrub everywhere. Daddy? Everywhere. I'm targeting Walmart. What this thing looks like, just so that I can get. He, it kind of looks like he image. has hair, but that's like a, a bristly, like a comb a at the top. Let me do a pic. Carter, did you take a picture of your own scrub I, daddy? I, I don't think I did. So as far as father figures go, how is the scrub daddy on emotional support? Um, Does he come to your t-ball games? He doesn't come to my t-ball games, but scrub daddy is there. Like I know if I wasn't able to accomplish something at work that day or something earlier, like something that I just had on my checklist, I know that I can, I can clean like... A dish. Like Scrub that, Daddy's like there. Scrub Daddy's, Scrub Daddy's there. there. Like he's going to help me accomplish something. That's something incredible. that was once dirty is now clean. Wow. That's Scrub Daddy in the box. Very simple. Oh. Not as creepy as you would think. Yeah, it's not as in creepy description. as I would think. Yeah. It looks just kinda, like that. It says rain is in the forecast on your phone. It does. Oh, he's cute. Scrub cute Daddy. Scrub Daddy. Three dollars. Three dollars? Three dollars. To change my life. That's pretty worth it. Yeah. A special awesome. offer for our listeners. If you go to scrubdaddy.com backslash two chunks. You can pay full price. You get absolutely nothing because they're not sponsoring us, but we just gave them free publicity. So. And, and fun fact, no one's sponsoring us. That's a good point. So if you have a product that you want us to talk about, I don't know how sponsorships work. <laughs> <laughs> Tweet us. Maybe me $10 and I'll talk about whatever you want on this podcast. But yeah, Scrub Daddy. That's what makes me uh, uh hunk. He gets the chunks and hunks out of my dishes. He nice. does. Scrub Daddy. On Scrub Daddy. Daddy. Brought so, to you by Scrub Daddy. One thing that I want to make sure that we do during the course of this podcast is, uh, and hear me out. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about a movie. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. yeah, fair. That sounds like a good a idea. Bit. I want to talk about a movie. And guys, do you know what movie I want to talk about? Yep. I think so. I hope it's the one I watched. Is the one that you watched called Harry Potter and, and the Half Blood Prince, or the Half Blood Philosopher for our friends across the pond? Did it feel like we just did that in slow motion? I don't think so. A little bit. Half Blood. Maybe even more importantly than the title of this movie. I'd like to keep it within the confines of the series that we began. Ooh. You know the one. Good idea. Here the we go. That, about to sing. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to sing it right now. And, and it Here sings like this. <gasps> Do you believe in magic? magic. Man. Crush it. So <gasps> I actually, I'm worn out from all that singing. <laughs> I was pitchy that time, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah, you were. If we could go back. Uh, Adam, mm. can we go back and post and fix that? Adam says yes. Punch us in. That'll be great. So uh, this movie, huh? Time to talk about it. It's a good one. Let's go ahead and get started. Oh, psych. We have to talk about something else first. I know what you... Yep. Do it's, you? It's time to tie it up. I think it's time to tie it, it up. It is time. Who's? Am I up by one or are you You're up, up by one? one. You're up. I'm up by one. You're up by one. Okay. So this one either ties it up or pulls you ahead in the segment known as I Am Doo-Doo Trivia. <laughs> Carter, what's this segment? I Am Doo-Doo Trivia. What happens here? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> In this segment, Jordan is going to read two different bits of trivia from IMDb lies. One of them he made up himself. Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. This was brought about and discovered by the fact that some people are really bad at contributing to IMDb trivia. So it's not as easy as you think it would be. That's correct. And now, here's Jordan with the two trivias. Trivia number one. Dobby was originally going to be in this movie, but was removed from the script to make room for one of the two main love stories. Trivia number two. The sixth of eight movies based on the Harry Potter book series by J.K. Rowling. So number two is not even a sentence. I read it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I'm ready. I know which one you made up. Carter, are you ready? Yeah. And because I ask this every week, we're guessing the one you made up. You're guessing the made up trivia. Number one or number two. Okay. I will say three, two, one, go. You will say the number. Three, two, one, go. Two. Two. We both said two. You both lost. This is a first in I Am Doo Doo history. You stumped Mm. us. The real trivia taken from imdb.edu. 
is the sixth of eight movies based on the Harry Potter book series by J.K. Rowling. The trivia I made up was about Dobby. That was really good. Being replaced. Is, it, is Dobby in the book though? No, but that was good. He had me thinking. Yeah, he had me thinking I also too. thought, I don't even think he's in the book, but... Dobby's in Dobby's in Goblet of Fire though, right? Like that's when he steals stuff from Snape and gives it to Harry. Couldn't tell you. Yeah, but they don't feature him in Goblet of Fire. Yeah, he's not in the movies in the right. book, though. Somebody and then who, we'll see him again. Somebody who's more familiar with the books than me, please text me and let me know. Wow. I don't know what to do here, guys. What do you mean? We both lost. It's 4-3. We four both three. lost. 4-3. That's actually, it's better this way. I'd rather, I rather tie him right now than be down two with only two episodes left. Okay. That's, That's true. fair. So That's this still point. gives me a chance. So you got to tie it up next week. To where, how perfect would that be? Oh, the final It's week. all I want, really. It's really the only thing I want in life. In total. Doge, I got a question for you. Yeah, what's up? Could you do me a favor? Probably. Could you hit me with that flavor? <laughs> the one that I savor? You know what I'm talking about. A synopsis. Aver. Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince is the sixth of eight movies based on Harry Potter's time at Hogwarts. Uh, this movie chronicles uh, kind of the fallout from the Wizarding World being reintroduced to Voldemort. Voldemort's back. Um, and so Hogwarts no longer is a safe place. Um, we really spend the majority of our time trying to uncover a plot that somehow includes Draco Malfoy to do the Dark Lord's bidding inside of Hogwarts. Uh, at the same time, Harry's also trying to recover a memory about baby Voldemort from Professor Horace Slughorn. Uh, how much more detail do we need to get? Are we ready to talk about it? I'm super ready to talk about do this it. movie. Let's talk about this movie. I want to begin by issuing... Maybe first ever, maybe second ever, a verbal retraction. Ooh. In our last Harry Potter episode, I was running my mouth and thinking that I was a big shot uh, and saying things like, I think that Order of the Phoenix and Half-Blood Prince are the same story that were split into two years because J.K. Rowling needed to get another book on the shelf. Mm-hmm. I wholeheartedly with my entire mind, body, and soul disagree with that now and heartily apologize to... The Rowling wow. family. It's really um, big of you. <laughs> this movie, this is this story, Harry Potter and Half Blood Prince, to me feels like a more appropriate follow up to Goblet of Fire than perhaps Order of the Phoenix does, at least in the movies. Um, and so I think that's why I was trying to say let's just skip Order of the Phoenix and go right to Half Blood Prince. Yeah, and to understand the significance of and the weight of this retraction, you guys can't see this because it's a podcast, but the Rowling family is in Casa de Chunk with us they're right now. They're here right now. They're, they're, kinda, they're, they're all Doge, standing behind me with their arms full. Doge, so many Doge is not really like talking or addressing Jordan and I. He's he's looking right at the Rowling family. Me and JK go go way back. JK I, Rowling is actually working Doge like a puppet I'm right afraid now. that I damaged our relationship irre- irreparably. And so to JK Rowling, Doge says, hey, I was JK. Gross. Rowling. Yeah, I didn't like nice. it. Nice. Very good. I didn't like anyway, it either. <laughs> now that that's out of the way, now that I admit that I was wrong, swallow my chunky pride. Ew. Gross. <laughs> Let's talk about this movie. I heard the swallow sound when you said, just like, oh, no, stop. <laughs> it's Carter's <laughs> biggest nightmare. Learning a lot about me on this podcast. Uh, so one thing I want to start off by saying, I have never seen a fictional character more chomping at the bit to get his hands on some Wii Sports than Harry Potter in this movie. For real. Every girl with a pulse in this movie is fair game for Harry Potter for to pine real. after. This boy's on the prowl. This movie starts with random waitress and Harry being like, oh, what up? <laughs> yeah. And, and to I me, like it. I think it's just creepy. Yeah. I think is. this was the episode or the episode. This was the movie that I really realized how thin Daniel Radcliffe's lips are. <laughs> 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 then, and, and he then has the like, poofiest middle part that has ever existed yeah, in the it's world. It's just not, for how I already feel, he's not helping his case. Yeah. Like just adding creepiness to how it. How do you feel about his performance in this though? Because watching this, I felt like this is probably, this is best Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, and I'll, this is peak Dan. His best moment you. in this movie is when he's unconscious on the floor of the train into Hogwarts. <laughs> That's right. the best acting I've seen. Just I actually think it was still. pretty good with him and Hermione in the library. Uh, whenever he's talking about Ramilda Vane, that felt like like his interactions with with uh, with Hermione and Ron, and this one felt at least a little more genuine. Like it yeah. felt like these people have been I friends for six years. I hear is that. this script asks that we give seventy percent of the entire screen time to Harry and Draco? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's either this 
this film or the very first one when he had all the excuses in the world to not be very good. He was just a cute little kid yeah. that looked like Harry Potter. Can I can I ask a question? Mm, yes. Does Harry's desire to play Wii Sports with anything that moves for you to in any way cheapen his love with Ginny? I no. think it, I think it absolutely it does. does for I me. don't buy it in the movies as much as I did in the books. And I'll I, agree I, with that, but I do want to avoid like I think with this one in particular, with this movie in particular, it's going to be really easy to say, oh, the book did it better. The book did it different. We are reviewing the movie though. Right. Not yeah, the book. I think it, I'm going to, I need you guys to hold me accountable to not talk about the book as much. It just feels like Harry was trying to get his snog on to quote the movie. And, and I feel like at the point when Ginny finally steps up to the plate, he's just ready for whatever. He's just like, oh, finally a girl. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And, and to me, yeah. uh, don't get me wrong, I'm not anti-Harry Ginny. I think I'm just, I think I'm going to be honest here. I'm going to make a confession. I think I'm pro-Harry Luna. I love that. And yeah. so Harry Ginny stings a little bit for me. Okay. And I get it. It's in the books, whatever. I just think I'm so pro-Harry Luna and that never happens that I'm I'm looking for any reason you're to team, just like... You're team Larry. Yeah, I'm a big Larry fan. Uh, team Larry. Huge Larry <laughs> not fan. Not team Jerry. Right. Yeah. Mm. But we start... With the waitress in the bus station, train station, train station. metro station. Yo, yeah. Dumbledore did it first. Sorry, Cap. Whoa, yeah, I thought the same thing. I'm hearing from behind the train. Yes. I thought what the a exact rip-off. same thing. Uh, and that was, one of my favorite, that was one of my favorite scenes from Infinity War. <laughs> but Dumbledore did it first. Big, <laughs> big, 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 enormous pump on Michael Gambon oh as Dumbledore goodness. in this. And, and yeah. I will say... We're going to talk about things that happened to Dumbledore. And in so doing, we're probably going to start to encroach on stealing a little bit of thunder from uh, Deathly Hallows. So yeah, probably consider this a light spoiler warning. Uh, if, right. If you don't know what happens in Deathly Hallows, probably try and find that out somehow, either by watching the movie or reading the Wikipedia. If you want to keep listening to this episode. Um, I would if, say definitely watch the movie. <laughs> if you're after a pristine viewing experience of Deathly Hallows, where you're surprised by every twist and turn, this is probably not the podcast episode for you. We're, we're probably going to end up accidentally spoiling that. Certainly. Right. Certainly. Right. Uh, but yeah, big pump on, big, big, big pump on Michael Gambon. Oh, yeah, uh, I want to talk his, more about him later. His, okay, yeah, we'll yeah, talk about I, I've got, so I've got a specific scene I want to talk about yeah, with him later I think on I, had, the movie. I might have brought it up in Order of the Phoenix, but some reiteration that he was supposed to be Dumbledore right now. I, I yes. love Dumbledore yes. one, but we don't need Santa Claus right now. We need right. Captain I also want to want to pump on. I kept noticing the little bangle that holds his beard together at the bottom. Yeah. yeah, and to me, it's just like what a brilliant way to make sure this beard is not flying every which way. Yep. <laughs> yeah, big fan. Big pump on the beard bangle. Yeah, I guess we're discovering he just stole all these super manly things. He didn't steal them. People stole from him. I mean, you've got now we've got a combination of. Captain America and uh, uh, Drago. Oh my God! Who's the, what's the name of the guy from uh, Game of Thrones? Cal Drogo. Cal, Cal Drogo. Drogo. Yeah, he yeah. also has the beard. Do you mean Ivan guys. Drago from Rocky? Ivan Drago from and Rocky. Ivan Drago. We'll get to that later. Yeah, that's the crossover. <laughs> the He's parallels. doing it all. He's that's going to be all. Creed three, Harry Potter nine. <laughs> Are they going to call Creed three just Threed? I think oh, it's going to be C. I hope so. C R three three D, and it's in three D. Yeah. Ew. And it's actually Creed 33. They're skipping a whole lot of movies in between. Oh well, that feels gosh. like that feels like the joke died. That feels like we, that feels like we beat it enough. Can we Fair move enough. on? Yeah, Creed jokes. Go. Okay, great. So uh, speaking of joke dying, yeah, Dumbledore does too. Whoa! I'm kidding. I'm not gonna do that. Dumbledore and Harry go to Horace Slughorn's home where he is hidden. He in is a chair. He's transfigured himself into an, an armchair. So I want to talk about. Not really anything important that happens in this scene. I want to talk about the house cleanup where Dumbledore uses magic to fix the house. I mean, I loved it. I have never wanted magic more. Not <laughs> from not from a big, crazy magic scene. Not from anything saving the world. It was watching that house clean itself. Mm-hmm. That is the moment where I said, I want magic so bad. And you can have magic for just $3. Scrub daddy. <laughs> Scrub daddy. <laughs> Scrub daddy. It'll clean your house. Cleans all things. Uh, we're here, and I'm going to throw it out real early. Here it is. Mr. Jim Broadbent, the actor who plays Horace Horace. Slughorn, is my super pump. Oh, Oh, cool. He is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, he does really well. Like, I don't know, just something about his performance, like, is is the most believable performance in this movie to me. Yeah, Yeah, especially in the flashback scenes. I can't quite put my finger on it, but there's something, um, 
uh, you talked about Carter a few weeks ago how how Dan Radcliffe does not act with his eyebrows. Right. And I feel like Jim Broadbent more than makes up for that. The way that he holds Almost exclusively the way that he eyebrows. holds his face and his eyes whenever he acts. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm thinking in particular of when he when they've just finished Aragog's funeral at Hagrid's hut. Right. Like his performance in that scene when he's telling Harry, like, I didn't know what he was gonna be. I was just answering a question. Please don't think less of me. Like that's it's so heartbreaking, but it's right. so, so good. Yeah. He does really well. And I think this was one of the biggest performances that I remember of like an actor seemingly putting a different spin than what I thought would be in the book yeah. on this. Yes. I thought Slughorn was going to look more like uh, Daddy Dursley and yeah. just maybe be just a, a little, little bit gross. crude. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, this was brilliant. This was definitely a testament to his skill. Yeah, I think so, he did a good job portraying a normal man who made a mistake. Mm-hmm. I agree yep. with that. No, I think that's a yeah. very worthy super pump. Loved it. Yeah. Absolutely loved it. Wish we got more Slughorn. We get a lot of Slughorn, though. We do. We sure do. I'm you just very... wish it was Harry Slughorn and the Slughorn Slughorn? Exactly. Perfect. Can you guys exactly. give me what you feel like a, a Slughorn as an instrument would sound like? <laughs> That's good. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so sort of like a bad bass guitar? Yeah. Mine would just be like, boop. Oh, like <laughs> yeah, almost enough. almost like blowing a bubble and pudding? Mm, boop. Yeah. Nice. Very similar. Mm, bop. Isn't that a, mm, isn't bop. that a Hanson song? <laughs> I was about to say that. Yeah. <laughs> mm, <bop. laughs> so we're at uh we're at Slughorn's house. We clean up the house. Dumbledore steals the knitting magazine. Uh, <laughs> uh we have our first look at because everybody make a pee joke. Uh, every he said, stops can I, the action can, saying, I, use the can I use the loo? What's yes. the point of that? Well, at this point, there was enough like little weird bits of comedy that hadn't been present in the other ones that I was afraid we were going to hear like fart noises from off screen. Is it? But was the idea to humanize Dumbledore by making reminding us that Dumbledore has to go pee pee sometimes? Listen, everybody poops, even Dumbledore. Even Dumbledore. <laughs> it, it just, I mean, I'm not dumping on it necessarily. He was, but I'm not necessarily dumping on it. Wow. It was just, it, was, it felt really out so of character. That's the, the weird thing to me is that this one is also David Yates. And David Yates did Order the Phoenix. Didn't he also uh, do Goblet? No, no, he didn't. He started didn't he with also Order do of the Phoenix. <laughs> didn't he also do Goblet? No, he started with Order of the Phoenix. And Order of the Phoenix, for me, tonally felt like he had no idea what he was doing. Mm. It was kind of all over the place, at least in my opinion. Right. We all had different opinions. You guys feel one, differently right? about that. This movie, he feels like he's very certain of the tone that he's going for. And it's completely different than any of the other Harry Potters. This has a lot more comedy. It's a lot a lot brighter feeling when, in a dark story. When you're thinking back on the movie, not necessarily frame for frame, but just picking a frame, does it? Does the movie feel green to you? Yes. Yes. Okay. Can someone... Ex- it's a filter. Okay. I gotcha. think everything is slightly green shifted. Okay. Yeah. But I, I actually do not want to say something... Not as bad as like Matrix or something like right. that. Yeah. I, f- I feel like we're kind of on topic for my super pump actually. Um, oh. And, and I want to toss it out now just to get y'all's opinions on it. Right. Um, I was surprised by my super pump for this movie. And it is because my super pump is how much this felt like one of the first two or three Harry Potter movies. Okay. In a really good really? way. Okay. Explain. Um, I feel like there was such a heavy focus on Hogwarts as an institution. We got to see classes and Quidditch again. And I'm shocked as anybody that I liked to see Quidditch again. But right. like we got to see these things that were so present in the first couple of movies. We got to see Harry as a student and pulling ahead in classes and worrying about test scores. Yeah. And, all of these things that I feel like the heaviness of the, not that this movie wasn't heavy, but I just feel like it was such a good way of including some of the heaviness and some of the lighthearted school stuff together. Yeah. And I think that for me, it it almost felt nostalgic to something I didn't know I would feel nostalgia for. Mm. Yeah. And I just, I found myself enthralled by the school okay. in this movie. Yeah, I think, the, I think we do a really good job in this one of, of balancing kind of the heaviness of the, the overarching conflict with Voldemort, uh, we balance that and contrast it really nicely with the whimsy of magic. Like when Slughorn yeah. is an armchair or like Ginny has the little, the pink little puff creature and, right. and we see uh, Fred and George's joke shop. Like I love Fred and George's it joke still shop. Feels, it still feels light. It still feels like the same kind of magic that we're introduced to in Sorcerer's right. Stone. And and, uh, and I loved seeing like the, uh, the Felix... Um, Felix Felicis. Yeah, the the luck potion was yeah, yeah. so first couple of Harry Potters for me. Yeah. As soon as he won that, I was like, oh, it's going to come back. Yeah. It has to come back. And and I think that was so much fun. I don't know. I, I just, 
this movie felt like it recaptured some of the fun of Harry Potter while keeping some of the intensity of how serious our narrative has become. Yeah. Yeah. Can I tell you guys like a nostalgic, I, I don't even know if this is a right combination of words, but like a nostalgic observation I made. Yeah. And it wasn't nostalgia for Harry Potter. Sure. It was just a, and I don't, I'm not trying to get really heavy right now, but all of this like, no, we still need to have humor. And I'm talking about world in the world, not not what right. the director's decisions were, but things like what the Weasleys do in like, hey, let's still have fun. It's not to take our minds off of things, but it's to say that we, just because this is happening doesn't mean we can't have fun anymore. Right. I was brought back to when SNL decided to still do a show so close to 9-11. Mm-hmm. Do y'all remember that? Yeah. Like there was a moment when they were like, people thought it might be inappropriate. They're like, I don't know if we're we're not supposed to laugh. Doesn't feel like we're supposed to laugh right now, right? But I think Giuliani went up and was like, actually, no, we are just to show people that like you're not getting to us as much as you think you yeah, are. You can't and break so us. that that might be way too deep for what no, was happening in this movie. But I've always enjoyed how the Weasley twins because they go in and they burn up all the owls and they say deuces Hogwarts we hate you Umbridge all that kinds of stuff I think one of their biggest moves like against the man like they feel like the punk guys yeah you know they feel like the hands up in the air at the end of Breakfast Club like that's the Fred and George Weasley and so for them to say you know what in the darkness like stuff has closed down in Diagon Alley but they have the most goofy looking shop in the middle of all this and it feels like it's a total shot at Death Eaters at Voldemort to say yeah we're totally against the man. Like, we don't care what you think. Well, and I, I, you know, I think that laughter and fun have their place in, in the light, but I think the time that they're the most effective is when they're contrasted against a dark backdrop. And so I I think that you, you're on the nose a hundred percent of one of the reasons it stands out as so powerful in this movie. Like the lighthearted fun moments are because it is against such a bleak, dark backdrop. Yeah, and I don't think it was for the sake of let's make sure the audience isn't depressed. Right. No, I agree. I think it was a... I think it was a story-driven It's in character. This is, yeah, yeah totally. so... Um, yeah, thanks for letting me going off. Yeah. Speaking that. of going off on side trails, our main three heroes go follow Draco down Nocturne Alley, right? And this is where we're kind of introduced to Draco's... And he looks deathly ill. Dude, yeah, he, he doesn't he, look great, huh? Here's the deal. Tom Felton has had a more lucrative acting career than I will ever have. Sure. Dude grew up to look real goofy. Yeah, but I'll say this. He climbed his way back up past Daniel Radcliffe again for me in this movie. Well, yeah, he did. The way he looks too is what I was going to say. Like the way he looks in this movie makes sense because of what what an immense amount of stress yeah. he probably feels. Well, and I think he actually, to his credit, did a really good job of p- portraying a conflicted character. Yeah. Which I was not yeah. expecting based on Porter. Porter. Like 100% of viewers and characters within this story all know he can't do it. Right. Yeah. Everybody yeah. knows. Even and, him. And, and he portrays it well. Like he's he's really not capable. And it's all this feigned like bravery. You're yes. like, dude, you can't. You can't even. And he he portrays that well every yeah. time that he would do a test with the... With the uh, the vanishing cabinet. The va- vanishing cabinet. One of my favorite. Yeah. Okay, first of all, yeah, okay, they say ca- they say every syllable of cabinet. Well, Harry, when he first says vanishing cabinet, it is one hundred percent diagonally vanishing cabinet. Vanishing cabinet. that again. But yeah. I actually love the scene where Draco is crying. I mean, we don't see him, but when he's crying because the bird has died in yeah. the vanishing cabinet, I think it's really why did that feeling of though? who he is. I don't fully understand it. See, I know that it died, the and then when he opened it again, it was black instead of white. Well, no, no, no. It was he tried it with those two birds. Like he tried it first with the apple. He sent the apple, and they bit the apple on the other side and sent it back to tried, show that it worked. He tried it with the white bird. The white bird died in the process. He put a live bird in. It transferred, came back, and it was dead. He tried it again with the black bird, and then whenever Harry and Ginny go up there later to maybe play Wii Sports, that's when the black to bird comes out alive. Yeah. I know, I, don't know. About, I know exactly why, and I'll explain it to you. I really do. Okay. No joke. Um, so Arthur Weasley talks about how um, they're dangerous because it almost has to be like a perfect transfer. So what happens is we get, we see that not every bit of that bird goes into the cabinet because a feather stays out. Oh. And so as Draco's holding that feather, they make a point to say, oh, there's a feather right here. He's like, huh? Well, the fact that not all of the bird went back, none of it came back. Like its wow. soul did not return. Genuinely, first time I ever yeah, yeah. I had and no so, idea. And then I think the the blackbirds for imagery. 
I well, think the black yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me stomp all over this then. Okay, do it. Uh, why did the apple come back after a bite had been taken out of it? That's more lost than a feather falling. But maybe the apple was dead. You know what I mean? The apple was dead yeah, already. I think you can maybe argue there's not a soul, but that's a good point too. That that leaves maybe some holes in the situation. I don't know, but I love I love what you just said. That's yeah, great. Yeah, and I think they took, I guess someone's just to say, hey, we got it. You know, maybe they recognized like, oh, how's he going to tell? Because that was the very first thing that they did. Like they didn't use a live thing first, just like you're doing a right. test. Like if you're testing a drug, you're using you're test it on an apple, an apple, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, <laughs> or something that doesn't matter like as much apple. as a human, like an apple. But anyways, so while we're talking about Draco's plan, and I do feel the need to issue another slight spoiler warning, we are we're kind of entering the home stretch of our Harry Potter meta narrative, and so we will spoil most likely some of the events of Deathly Hallows. Oh, but certainly. That being said. Let's talk about Snape. Yeah. Snape in this movie, to me, very best Snape yeah. that we get. Easily. Yeah, and it, he delivered. And it's not like we didn't think Alan Rickman could. No, yeah, nobody this, yeah. this is where this. we needed very best Snape. Yes. I think it, I, honestly, I think one of the more powerful of his performances in this movie was making the unbreakable vow. Yes. Um, just everyone, all three of them in that scene, just frame for frame, like their faces... And and I know you're we're picking up on how much I like focus on faces, I guess, but I don't I mean that's acting, but yeah. like how well they're they're doing that and he's recognizing what this means. I feel like it would have been more impactful if that was Lucius instead of Narcissa Malfoy. Because we've never seen her until this scene. That's right. true. Like I I don't know. I feel I like don't know. It, it didn't think, occur to me. But I think what made true. it powerful is he's making a bond with someone who you feel like legitimately cares for Draco most. I guess that's and true. I think Lucius that probably it, would not come and say, I'm worried about my well, son. Well, he tries to kill kids every episode, every, yeah, every movie. Yeah, that's so true. That's a good point. I think like a mother's vow, you know, like you, you officially have Mama Bear, like the number one person who should be naturally defending a child, I think, just because of the, yeah, him being totally. birthed from her. Sure. With Snape. As children do. And really what this does for the narrative is Snape has to do what he does later. Yes. He has to. He has no room now. It was a brilliant move by Bellatrix Lestrange to keep him accountable because I feel like they thought, probably because of how much everybody knows Snape loved uh, Potter, how much he loved Lily. Right. Yeah, yeah. That it's like, I don't know if we've got him. And so it's like, we got to do this. Well, Well, I I think Dumbledore also asked him to do that. That's the thing. But I think... Right, but I think... From the Death Eater side, they're keeping him accountable because he betrayed them in the last war. Right. Yeah. So... Uh, it's funny. Snape in this movie is best Snape to me. But here we go. My super dumb revolves around Snape. Okay. Because after Snape does the bad thing that he does that we'll talk about soon, uh, and he is running away from Hogwarts with the other Death Eaters, I think Alan Rickman looked around and went, you know what? There's only like five minutes left in this movie and nobody said the name of this movie yet. And says, <laughs> how dare you use one of my own spells against me? I am the Half-Blood Prince. And then runs away. Yeah, it feels weird, huh? We we absolutely should have spent a lot more time on that. And I know that I said at the beginning of this episode that I want you to keep me accountable to not talk about the books. Snape is a Half-Blood in the books, right? Snape's dad is a wizard. His right. mom is a muggle. Yeah, Her name make, yeah. is Eileen Prince. Thus, Severus Snape is the Half-Blood prince right and we get no explanation of that it's yeah. just some random as far as the movie's concerned it's, it's a nickname a, it's a random cool nickname he made up for yeah, himself in high school and, and it so, does feel a little weird sort of shirking the responsibility of the moment that the title of the movie is given a reason yeah exactly it feels weird yep. i think what happened too is i mean we've we've said before the audience of a harry potter movie in theaters 70 percent more have read Yes. Those books. They know what's up. And that's why Draco and can And they can say afford things. to do things like that, but. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's why Draco can say things like he can call um, Filch. I almost said Walder Frey. He can, call, <laughs> he can call Filch a filthy squib. And we've never heard that word in the right. movies before, but. Yeah. The book readers go. But yeah. now we know, yeah, he has his parents are magic users and he can't use magic at all. He's a squib. Well, but like, uh, to me, it feels like if Fellowship of the Ring, if the reveal of the Fellowship had been while they were riding horses through Lord Elrond's kingdom and he'd just been like, you guys are the fellas? Like as they go past, <laughs> it's just like, well, yeah. we could have spent just another second on that, but I guess that's fine. Yeah. yeah. 
It just, I don't know. That's always stuck out to me as weird. Yeah, how I'll do jump you, on that easy. Because the movie is called Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Technically, it's about Harry's relationship with Dumbledore versus Snape's relationship with Dumbledore. Like right. the whole thing centers around Snape. But also it's it's about Harry's unknowing relationship with Snape. Yeah. The, this admiration and almost partnership that he has made with a past Snape and he is unaware of. And I feel like while we get a lot of that partnership, we don't get the emotional payoff yeah. of it was Snape the whole time it's, because this it's is wasted. Snape's story, but we never give him right. the credit. And now we've said Snape so much that it doesn't sound like a real word. Yeah. So let's talk about something else. Sure. And that's something else that I would like to talk about is the little bit of time we spend at the Weasleys in the middle of this movie um, with the fire when and their house the chase down. through the, the extreme makeup and all that stuff. Edition. Yeah, for does real. It, does it f- move that bus? Yeah. <laughs> move it right now. Move that bus. Does it feel... Like maybe that wasn't a big enough moment to anybody but me. I absolutely think that we did not give that the time that it needed. Okay. Yeah. I mean, their home was destroyed. A home that we as viewers have spent a lot of time in. Yeah. The only time we really had with that moment was on Mrs. Weasley's face. Right. And, and the yes. sorrow that, which she almost Clutch. pulled it off. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's so talented. Sure. But um, one of the things I do like about that scene is this was one of the... I guess I feel like Harry Potter, and I, I really need to take an inward look and see how I feel about Lord of the Rings in this sense too, but sure. like the edge of your seat moments. Have you yeah. realized how many we don't really get in either of these? Yes. Like, oh, I, I hope, you, and, and that's a great thing to have. And maybe yeah. we do get that more with the things like <laughs> Fast and Furious and Star Wars. <laughs> you know, like that, ha- yeah. There, yeah. there's a place for it. And I, I wonder if there's a place for it here. But running through those tall, like the wheat, like running through those crops was awesome. had me... Very uncomfortable. The way that that was... In a good way. The way that was shot, the way that it was cut is unlike anything that we've seen in a Harry Potter movie. I I thought it was really good. It's a a much more mature sort of cinematic language that we're speaking at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I I definitely had the moments of like, don't do that, you dummy. Like, why are you running in there? But really enjoyed that. Can I dump on Tonks' haircut? It is like the mid-90s, right? Or early 2000s. It's like almost a mullet. No, like canonically in the story, like it's like mid 90s, early 2000s, right? And canonically in the story, it's almost a mullet. Yeah. Well, that's also a good point. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I like the scene. I like the fire. I do like that Jenny is the first person to be like, we can just like run through this. Everybody's acting like we can't, but we can just run through well, this no, fire. Well, no, only quick. the they're allowing. It's like someone's controlling it and allowing people to come. Is through. that how you read that, it? Yeah, yeah that's, yeah, that's, that's what how, I thought too. Yeah, that's how J.K. wrote it. I mean, I don't no, know she, she actually no, didn't. I'm kidding. She didn't a, write that. This is not um, a boot. But like him to, I think it's so that they can trap, they're trying to get Harry. And so they're letting Harry through and not the people that they don't want through. Interesting. I read it as the opposite, that they were trying to draw uh, the strongest people away from the house so they could blow it up. Because as soon as they get- it was both. As soon as they get Lupin, Tonks, Mr. Weasley, Harry, and Ginny out there, and all that's left is Ron and some siblings and Hermione down by the house, that's when they blow the windows. What is the point of that? I mean, is is this scene to show us the ministry and the members of the Order of the Phoenix are under attack by Death Eaters? I think it was just a big letter F, letter U from Bellatrix Lestrange. I think it's I think it's both. I really do think it's supposed to be like because that was because everybody's being watched. He, was, Arthur was talking about how he was being watched before that even happened. Yeah, and yeah. I, and I do. I actually want to pump on uh, Hel- Helena Bonham Carter. I killed Sirius Black. Like yeah, just I hate it. Yeah, and because I hate it, I love it. She is wonderful here, yeah. and by wonderful, I mean wonderfully creepy. Uh, I think she nails it. Greyback, is that the name of the... Yeah, Fenrir Greyback. Yeah, we see his wanted poster at the beginning. Dump. They could have done such a better job with this guy. Yeah. yeah. He's a werewolf. I know. Yeah. But it's... Yeah. He, he's right. like a standard henchman, huh? How do we not... I wish they would have given us more. Because this guy is the Capone, or like or like a Manson. Like, he yeah, is yeah. the crazy... Yes. Everybody was like, yeah... I don't know what's worse, Bellatrix being out or Greyback. He like, is what they thought Sirius Black he was. He eats yeah. people. Right. Like, yeah. this guy is awful. And I wish we would have... Because there's no time as left. long as we're His adding, biggest role is essentially, yeah, I got it, boss. Right. As, as long as Hermione are going to have a big, like, that's her antithesis. Like, that's the right. guy she's going to have fights with and stuff. But, yeah. As long as I we're adding we action sequences to this movie... Like, cause we, that's the, to be clear, the house fire is not in the book. That's a thing we added in to, to kind of punch up the adrenaline right, right. of the movie. Why do we not have a werewolf showdown then? Dang like, if, if we're talking about stuff that's going to be cool to watch, let's have, let's have this take place under a full moon. Yep. And so while they're fighting in the oh, field, it's, it's under the beginning of, that's why it's the first bright. night of the cycle though. Right. 
So I, maybe it is the full moon. I, why, that's how I assumed. Why do we not have... I thought that it was Come like on. a new moon. Like full moon was yesterday. Uh, anyway, well, why is so this bright, not under a full moon? Why dude. are we not showing werewolf lupin versus we missed something werewolf here, yeah. gray bag? <laughs> yeah, that would have been so cool. That's a missed opportunity for sure. That would have been awesome. Anyway, maybe that's the Fast and Furious fan in me. Right. Speaking yeah, up and bit. saying, I need a little bit more action in my Harry Potter movie. Please. Hobbs versus Toretta. <laughs> sure. Yeah, exactly. Find the most muscular guys and have them fight. And maybe one of them can like stomp a parking garage and cause it to collapse. Oh my gosh. Sure. Take me back. <laughs> um, do we want to jump ahead to uh, sort of some love stories for a moment? <sighs> Just yeah. for a tiny moment. Just for a very small moment. <laughs> and, and here's what I want to say. Um, I am, always have been, and always will be a uh, Hermione and Ron fan. Uh, I understand that story-wise it would make more sense for Hermione and Harry to be a couple, but Hermione and Ron, they deserve each other. Oh, I think it's great. I'm yeah. into it. I love them. I'm a big yeah. fan. Yeah. Harry and Ginny, I have a hard time buying, but I'm, I can... I can handle it. I like it in the book. Yes. I think they're both horribly acted and horribly written. Yes. In the movies. But I, I want to talk about the number of times that Jenny made me cringe in this movie. <laughs> at one point, she comes to Harry at the Weasley's home that same night with a tray of tarts. And she says, have a bite, you. And just shoves a tart in his face. And Harry Potter, Daniel Radcliffe, takes the smallest oh, dude, I'm of so glad you said something. I've ever seen. I am so glad you said something. It was like, oh no, I need to think of its name. What is the cute little dinosaur from Land Before Time? Ducky. Oh, it's ducky. like Ducky took a bite <laughs> yeah. out of a piece of bread. Um, and it's so gross. It is immediately yep, yep, juxtaposed yep. by Ron eating half of a tart in one bite. He right, just right, goes, right. Oh, Dude, the, the worst was bite. that it was an extended shot on Harry. He takes this little bite and chews it up. And I'm going to do it in real time for you guys. It's really good. <laughs> and said it like that. Like he's Paul Walker saying, oh, here we go. Oh, here we go. <laughs> so that was a question. I wanna, I'm glad you brought that up. Does has Harry Potter reached the point where we say because huh, I don't know how to put this, Brian Conan O'Brien from Fast and Furious? Yeah, he eventually reached the point where we said he is horribly acted, but he fits this universe. But that's him. Yeah, is Harry Potter there for you guys? Because he's almost there for me. Where I go, Harry is horribly acted, and he is so stale. He's like a cracker you've left on the counter for a year. But Ritz boy, that's him. I I land at a there's no excuse for it spot. Yeah, it's okay, hard. It's enough. harder for me to say that's him because I'm so offended. I have nothing, <laughs> nothing tied to the Fast and Furious franchise. Sure, no yeah, literature, okay. nothing. They could do whatever they wanted, and they did. And thank you, thank, thank you, you for doing that. <laughs> but for this, it was give me something more, anything. No, I completely agree with you. And uh, the last thing I want to say about the weird love story stuff, I'm going to let uh, Hermione and Ron off the hook for this discussion because. I also said finally, much like Jenny did. Was when so they, sweet. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was great. So sweet. So what I want to talk about instead is the room of requirement where we imagine that we sports most likely happened with uh, I Harry stay and Jenny. Didn't appear forever, you know. Dude, at one point, she's like, "Close your eyes, <laughs> so that you won't be tempted to find it." And then she walks away for that's what six I did. Seconds. <laughs> She walked away for six <laughs> seconds. So if I'm Harry, I'm going, she hit the book like in no, this No, I think she just right stepped out of frame and hucked it. Like threw it <laughs> as hard as she can. <laughs> as far as she can. But then the next shot is, is a still shot of Harry's face and she just like hovers yeah. into frame into smooch mode. But here's the thing. She's moving at, if she's moving at speed five, she gets to an inch from his face and moves at speed point one. Yeah. She gets so close to his face and it slows right down. <laughs> And just stops Hair. and looks at him. And yeah. it is, I literally, you can ask Callie about this. I shivered because of how uncomfortable it made yeah. me. And you know what? Part of me was like, but what if my first kiss was seen by, yeah, that's a good point. Billions of people. You know, it was like, no, it's not in fiction. Nobody's watching this. There's no excuse for this moment. No, I'm not going to let you. You're not saying they leaned into the awkwardness on purpose. Mm. Maybe they I did lean into the giving, I think that's purpose. giving Dan Radcliffe and Bonnie Wright a that's little too much credit thing. as artists. Okay. Uh, my okay. my super dump was almost Dan Radcliffe's weird lips in this scene. Hit the motion of his lips. I guess lips. I'm just defending it because it's my computer background right now. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Fair yeah, enough. I mean, it was this, like, this is my super pump. It was okay. really like like Uncanny Valley almost. Like we finally perfected these two mostly human looking robots and now watch them <laughs> kiss. And they're like... <laughs> I've never seen somebody's <laughs> lips come out so far from where their teeth Stop. end. <laughs> As when Daniel Radcliffe 
I'm gonna say reached his lips out for a kiss, just uh, like all man. the way out. Snagged her with his smoochers. This is enough. So weird. I'm past it. So right. weird. Can and we stop talking about this? Let's talk more about Daniel Radcliffe. Let's talk yeah. about Harry and Dumbledore going to the cave. Super pump. Love this. Yeah. Let me tell you my super pump, and I'm gonna tell you it's a it is a and I've done one of these recently, and I don't want to be a broken record. A collective super pump. I I need, I'm not gonna retract things that I've said because I my my fury for. Who Daniel Radcliffe is, as just as a person, as a whole, <laughs> is very, it's fiery. Sure. But fair enough. I like a goblet. I am realizing that most, if not all, collectively of my scenes uh, of the scenes from this series with Dumbledore and Harry are my favorite. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, and I don't know what it is. I, I don't know if it's because they're so far apart in their acting abilities or the roles that they play. Like he, he is the be all end all. And we only expect the best out of him, not just out of Michael Gambon, but out of Dumbledore that now the excuse of being a little clammy and being like, I'm in reverence of you. Right. Like Daniel Radcliffe's approach makes sense more when he's yeah. with Dumbledore, sure. but super pump their time together. Super yeah. pump their time together. Yeah. Are you ready for this immediate super dump? Whoa. Whoa. I, and it's, it might be another unfair super dump, but my super dump is missed opportunity. I think interesting. I think Yates has some chops, and I think he's really creative. And and this is just me being very sweet, very sweet sixteen part. Like I want everything to be perfect and over the <laughs> yeah, top. Yeah. Can you give me more time with Dumbledore with the Horcruxes? I'm fine to go ahead because we. It's like a snapshot in the books. We don't really. All we know is like it's supposed to be like the way Yates portrayed it is how it's supposed to. You're supposed to be like, what the heck? Why we never see his hand? What's going on? Yeah, you know, it's very much a quarrel in the beginning with his turban kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. But like, go ahead, dude. Like, and I think it's because I started with Dumbledore or I started with Gandalf and the Balrog. Like, what if we started this movie in a dark place and you just see the light of his wand and then just this like vicious thing that comes back at him and just hurts him. And yeah. you're like, huh. You know, like, I feel like we could have done so much more. I actually I really love that thought. Yeah. yeah, but Like, it's, if it's, we frame it as Dumbledore versus Horcruxes, and that's the beginning and our end of yeah. the movie. Yeah. And another thing with my missed opportunity, and I'm putting them together because I feel like it's up there. I love Luna. Why don't we have more? Yeah. Same. You gave yeah. me so much in Order of the Phoenix, and it made it poignant, and it made it so wonderful. All you did is, and it, it's great, and it's how I imagine in the books if she ever dressed like a lion, but like, yeah. that was so cute, but... I need, because of how significant she will be at the end. Mm -hmm. Got to have more. We've got to have more. I understand I giving me just frames of Neville. Sure. Yeah. Because we kind of Particularly have, in this story. Right. Because we have frames of Neville because we get him from the beginning. Sure. Yeah. You know, we get these bites for eight, eight movies, but I think, I think we should have, I think we should have leaned in a little more to Luna yes. because of, of how she helps the whole narrative. And because she is by, not by far, she's, one of the most top three most interesting characters in the whole yes, Harry Potter series. Completely. Ravenclaw's represent. And and giving me go ahead and giving me more of Dumbledore. And you can even have Harry too, but more of Dumbledore with the Hallows. Because this scene is so Well, and my my super pump was almost. It's not, but it was almost. Obviously it's not. Um the scene where Dumbledore does his sudden kill me scream yeah. when he, I mean, Oh man, it was out of nowhere in a good way in the sense yeah. of like, Oh, he's really hurting right yeah. now. And I think that drove home how like sacrificial it was for him to say, no, I'm going to drink it instead of you. Yeah, yeah. Everything about that five minutes that we had for that whole destroying of, or not destroying of, of getting the necklace. Um, just the scene. I don't know why I love it. Cause I also loved when we saw Azkaban for a fraction of a second, just out in the middle of a, yeah. of a vicious ocean, uh, and a storm, but then the fact that they landed on a rock to me too, it's kind of funny. It's like, oh, we missed it. We actually, <laughs> I meant for us to be yes. on that side, but I, I love yeah, how did they get, did they apparate then into the cave from I the rock? It seems weird to do a second apparition, yeah, yeah. but yeah. It, that was, that was another thing too, that made me even think of it. I was like, oh, that's creative Yates. You gave us a beautiful shot. Like, I think that's, right. that kind of represents in general, what lays before Harry about yeah. to be by himself trying to destroy Horcruxes. It's while like, we're this is about, not easy. While yes. we're talking about Michael Gambon, just a, a pump on him when he guesses that, uh, and again, here's that spoiler warning again, guys, when he guesses that Harry's the final Horcrux yeah. uh, in his office when he sees how the ring reacts. And that's the rest of the time when he tells Harry, you're far too important, far too valuable. I'm going to drink this. You're yeah. far too important, far too valuable. Save yourself. Because he understands then at that point, 
truly and finally he what Harry actually doctor. is. Yeah. Right. Yes. Um, yeah. And I, I want to talk, can we, I mean, very similar to Gandalf with yes. the ring yeah. and his recognition early. Yeah. So there's something too that it's like having to keep things from you for yes. your own good. Absolutely. Um, I, I think we should talk a little bit about uh, Snape, Death Eaters, Dumbledore at the top of the tower, but um, I don't have a whole lot to talk about here other than like pretty much perfect from front to back. I was about, yeah, exactly how I imagined it yeah. uh, in in the book. Um, just really, really excellent performances all around. Yeah, yes. I mean, I feel like, even Tom Felton in yeah. this. Oh, it's his best. Is believable this is as career Draco, yeah. best for Tom Felton on I, top yeah. of this tower. I, I even feel like they did like the camera angles that I imagined in my mind when I was reading it. <laughs> yeah. You know, from below and, and all that Dumbledore kind of stuff. Dumbledore looking down mm-hmm. through the crack at Harry. Yep. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Yep. Um, it was good. Did not love Dumbledore falling in slow motion. Yeah. That was kind of a weird <sighs> thing. Odd. Yeah. I would have preferred for him to just drop dead. I would have preferred a wide shot. Like when we see, like when we see Gandalf and the Balrog falling in the center of the screen, like if we've got the big tower on the left of frame and we just see small Dumbledore falling sure. to the ground. I would have loved a just view of the grass at that point, And all we do is we can only hear what's going on. Crumpled, we hear it, and body then, hits the ground. Yeah. You just see the body hit the ground right there. Just like, yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah. and maybe even like bugs that are happy and like doing everything that, and it just falls yeah. down and. It's flick soul crushing. And then it, life. it yeah. zooms out yeah. even further and you hear David Spade go, uh, what's with the bug? Exactly. Can we get Perfect. back to me? Anyway, it's an Emperor's <laughs> New Groove joke for those of you not in the know. Oh, I want to talk about a scene and, and tell me if I'm jumping ahead too far. I want to talk about- From Dumb- Deathly Hallows Part 2. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about Dumbledore's quote-unquote funeral. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Herein lies my super dump. Okay, take me there. I love the the severity of this scene. I love that everybody is taking very seriously and clearly heartbroken by the death of Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. I don't love that it's like, can we do this in like 20 minutes? Can we finish up everything with the Death Eaters and the Dark Mark before we honor the death of Dumbledore? Would that be okay with everybody? Like, to me, it's like, feels like a weird time to do this. So that's number one. You're saying the funeral is too early or too late? Too early. Okay. Feels like maybe let's finish up the day's work. Mm, cleaning yeah. out Death Eaters and the Dark Mark. Then let's have the, the the memorial service for our dear friend Dumbledore. But here's my real super dump. And it's something that's present a few times in this movie, but I want to focus on this. This movie, maybe more than any other Harry Potter movie we've seen so far, relies on implied coolness. It's the only way that I can think to put it. Okay. And, and this is a very, a highly subjective super dump, more so than normal. And I want to paint you a picture of why. In this scene, we get a silent, sad, crying crowd of people silently and wordlessly holding wands up to the air, all casting the same spell. We don't know what that spell is. I assume Lumos. But when this happens, all I could think is how disappointing. Once again, we are ignoring the magic words that the viewers know. We are ignoring the power of a moment. And all I could think this whole scene is... How much better would this be if we're sitting with the dark mark above us, mourning the death of Dumbledore, and McGonagall quietly, under her breath almost, she takes her wand, holds it up, and says, Lumos, Maxima. And then you see a tearful Neville. Lumos, Kind of like a captain, my captain. Yes. And one by one, louder, louder, more emotional, to the point where by the end, these students and faculty are screaming at the sky, Lumos, Maxima, and burning through this cloud. Yeah, like, it's like bright as daylight. Yes. Yeah. The, sim- the symbolism, the like emotional payoff that I feel like we would get from having some actual reactions in this scene is completely wasted by this silent like respect fist up in the air, yeah. essentially, where we as the viewer are going, how did they all know to cast the same spell? How did they all know this would work? How did they-? It's just like we have the tools in front of us for this moment. Hmm. We have the magic words that we're all familiar with. You don't have to go, Lumos Maxima, and that makes light. We know the spell. It's, Use it. I think it's one of those rare cases where reading the books makes me have a harder time enjoying some of the little moments yeah, like maybe. that here. And I don't know, you were talking about Carter, like, wish we got more Luna, wish we got more of this, wish we got yeah. more of that. It, it stands out to me that there's really a very different approach to turning these books into movies that we have in Lord of the Rings. Like Lord of the Rings, we go for that, like, hey, these are going to be three-hour epics. In Harry Potter, we say these are going to be two-ish, two-and-a-half-ish blockbuster popcorn flicks. Yeah, right. Um, And this can be something we can probably address more on the very last episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I I do quickly want to say, like, for Lord of the Rings, you really have 
probably nine main characters people are invested in. Right. I'm not counting the tree, be- tree beards of the world. Sure. Like Theoden could be there at some point, Eowyn, things like that. But not um, really. But I think one of the great things about Harry Potter is you really have, like there's more room and there's more content for you to be able to say, because it is, yes, very many, many more pages than what Lord of the Rings offers yeah. to be able to say, I wish I had more of this because it's pretty brilliant to have so many people that you can connect with. Yeah. We it spend really a lot is. more time with these characters. I, I don't, I, I'm sure I'm not the only one with the opinion about Luna, but a lot of people probably feel differently. And yeah. so I think that's sure. That's a testament to how much is in Harry Potter. Well, and that's all great and good, but to, to <clears> me, <throat> you just double made my point of, well, then why don't we take advantage of having all these people that viewers care about yeah. and show them broken, sad, in screaming that, that Lumos movie. Maxima yeah, at yeah. the sky? Like, Oh, I'm not saying yeah. against what you said because no, 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 I, I think our you. super dumps are you. similar. We we both super dump lacked opportunity. Right. And, and I to, mean, I'll take that one too because I I super dump the lacked opportunity of saying who on earth is the half blood prince. Sure. Right. And and so that's why to me uh, the only phrase I can think of is implied coolness or implied awesomeness. Where we it's almost like this movie wants us to go, yeah, that was great, without really giving us anything to think was great. And and it's hmm. not all the way through. Don't get me wrong. I when we get to rating, you'll see my true thoughts on this movie, but there are just so many missed opportunities of like, yeah, I, I I did think it was cool, but do you know what would have actually been cool? Doing something. Yeah. Yeah. And to clarify, I, I think that's a problem inherent in this movie and kind of a, a larger scale problem with a lot of these later Harry Potter movies. Yeah. Not present in the narrative. I know that we've done, we've, we've kind of uh, said a lot of negative about JK. I think um, you have. I have said a lot of negative about JK, but <laughs> why you hate? As I'm as I'm realizing, I think a lot of my frustration comes from the depth of the narrative and how much time we get to spend in the world of Harry Potter, how invested yeah. we get in every single little detail, and how we gloss over a lot of important ones in an effort to make these movies yeah. popcorn like. Yeah, it is impossible, but I wish Harry Potter had had the ingredients that Lord of the Rings did in terms of the filming process. I wish, but for them, it would have had to be seven years. Yeah. You're telling people to just hang it up for seven years and all hang out together. Yeah. Yeah. I would have made better movies. It's impossible. Yeah. There's no way they yeah, get done. So now they have a time crunch. It's basically a thing of like, all right, everybody's got three months off. Well, here's three months to storyboard for the next one. Like we got to yeah. go. Right. And yep. like they didn't, I don't think they had the time to do it. Sure. And so pump back over to what the director in production was able to do with Lord of the Rings because they were, I mean, it was a good approach and something that was yeah. unique for them to be able to have the time to do. I don't think I've realized do. how different, different the game plans are for turning these books into movies uh, until we've done this series. So. Yeah. They basically filmed 20 hours and we're like, okay, we probably should cut about 10 of these yeah. for Lord of the Rings. You know? Right. Yep. So... Well, I guess it's time to uh, rate this movie. What do you guys we, think? We didn't talk about Lavender and Wan Wan. Love that. It's super funny. I actually think that's really funny. Oh, anyway. Deeply annoyed me. Yeah, it's the worst thing to in the, the world. the point of nausea. I think that's the point, though. Anyway. Sure. Very, it's it's fun. It's a fun time. That's exactly <laughs> she did what, a good job. Exactly what my relationship with disgusting. my wife is like, so it's a great time. Oh, yeah, sure. Let's so, go. Um, now can I do the thing I started trying to try and do? Now you can do your thing. Thank yeah, you. Sorry, it's your turn again. Your turn to be on your podcast again. I guess it's time to rate this movie. <laughs> okay. And here at Two Chunks and a Hunk, we know just how to do that, and that is with the help of our good friend, Science. Come in. Oh, it's Science! Hey, Science! Science, thank you so much for showing up. We're so glad you're here. I'm going to let Science take over and talk about the Scientific Cinema Scale TM. Hey, everybody, it's me, Science. Ew, no, I, I, thought, I thought Science sounded a lot more like regular Jordan last time I heard him talk. <laughs> nope, I don't Unless, think like, so. bing bong from inside out smoking for 20 years. Who is this? It's, it's me, Science. Okay, you can do it. Go ahead. Okay, you got to do the whole thing in that now. Well, the best thing that we can say here are two chunks and a honk is... (laughs) Why does science own a plantation? (laughs) Who are you? I'm a maple syrup farmer from the rural areas of Canada. (laughs) A... Hey, and I'm hey. here. To, I'm here to tell you how to rate these movies. Now, the best thing that we can possibly say about these movies is own it, go lend it, or buy, buy that, that poster. poster. The next best thing we can ever say is buy it. After that, it's going to be rented. Next, 
This is the worst thing you've ever done on our show. Science, have you considered acting? There's a role of Harry Potter if you want to take it. This tart was delicious. The next thing we can say about a movie is to stream it. After that, the next best and second worst thing we could ever say about a movie is forget it. And last, but certainly least, it's gonna be God, God has, has forsaken, forsaken us. Let's good never Lord. do that again. <laughs> Bye, science. Bye, science. Wow, science is such a weird guy. Anyway, weird. since you invited that guy, why don't you go first? Okay, sounds like a good. I, hey, look, he kind of invited himself. I didn't want him to come, but you Man. know, he found out where we were. Jekyll and science. I have geotagging on on my phone, and so was, why don't you tell the two people who are still listening to our show what you think <laughs> about this movie? Um, despite some of the negative aspects that I saw of this movie, really, I did love this. It reminded me so much of why I love Harry Potter. Um, and so for me, this movie actually, last night when it finished, I thought it was going to be a rent it. But after I slept on it, I think it shifted back up and firmly landed as a buy it for me. Buy it for me as well. You know, I apologize with my whole entire heart that I ever said anything bad about this movie. Yeah. This is a really, really good movie. I, I, I said at the beginning of the show, this feels like a way more tonally appropriate follow-up to Goblet of Fire. Yeah. This feels like the direction this franchise needed to go. Yeah. So for that, I give it a buy it. Uh, it's a rent it for me. Okay. And I think much like Daniel Radcliffe's paper thin lips, <laughs> uh, there's just too much awkward. Um, awkward, perhaps pacing, uh, awkward decisions made when Jordan Doge and I thought those opportunities could have been used with the same amount of time and effort somewhere else to make the movie better. Yeah. Um, again, I don't have a good understanding of the time frame of having to do a blockbuster movie sure. in X amount of time, but uh, I'm going to rent it. And, and it's also compared to, um, I am having to play the comparison game a little bit to the movie before it. Cause I, I loved, I loved order of the Phoenix. Um, I really liked goblet. And so this one, this one's just never in my like top three of the series. Yeah. So it's, it's a rent for me. Interesting. I dig it. Thank you for your honesty. That was very brave. Yeah, of you. man. I just want to be honest. Instead of shouting people out today, we are actually real excited to announce something that we're going to be doing uh, this holiday season. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Kool-Aid man. Starting today <laughs> uh, with every new iTunes review. Uh, if you leave a new review on our show, please screenshot it and mm -hmm. send it to us at twochunksandahunk at gmail.com. Do it. And to repay you for this great kindness... We have a special surprise for everyone who leaves us an iTunes review starting today, the day that this comes out, which yes. is November the... Something. November the something. Ninth. Tenth. Eleventh? November the thirteenth. Thirteenth. That was the next one I was going to say. Oh, yeah. I thought you were talking we were about today. The day that this comes out. Spoiler. The day that people know about this. Yeah. Because we're not live. We're not live. <laughs> we're not live. Uh, but yeah, so that, that's going to be a, a great way for us to help you celebrate uh, your own chunky holiday it's season. It's tangible, guys. Let me just yeah, say that. It is. And and we are so grateful for every review already left. And we don't yes. want to seem greedy here. And we're not, I promise. No but way. we see our download numbers and we know some of you are listening yeah. and not reviewing. Here's the thing. And listen, if you, you're blushing you, right now. We're talking about you. If you've already left a review, thank you. Thank you. You should not be exempt from receiving a gift. So here's what you're going to do. Look over to your left. You see the guy sitting right next to you? Say what's up. Guy or girl? Don't even say what's up. If the phone, <gasps> if you can grab that phone, if you can open it up, Run. I bet they've got iTunes. Run. Run fast. Go ahead and have them. Go go ahead and subscribe for them. Yep. Leave us a review. Yep. Put it back. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Dunzo. Nobody's the wiser. Perfect. Perfect. Just do it. Why? Why is this so important to us? Why should we subscribe? Because we're we we're about 150 reviews away within this next year. Okay. And and we're pushing it because we're getting about a review a week, which is not going to make our dreams happen. We need, we need like three reviews a week. Yeah. And our our download numbers would tell us. That's doable. Oh, that's certainly <laughs> doable, you guys. That's certainly doable. And so if if we reach that 200 mark, we can then put together a resume to Rotten Tomatoes yep. to say, hey, we have checked all the boxes. Could you make us certified Rotten Tomatoes critics? Oh, I want it so bad. It'd be a good, it'd be a good time. It'd be a, a really big deal for us. Yeah, I'd appreciate it if you'd help us get there. That would be such a huge deal. I know a lot of you use Flickster when you're looking up like if you should see this movie or what opinions are on this movie, there's a good chance that you would have like a bloop, Jordan Wonder says, you know, like, isn't yeah. that, that's unreal. And I'll tell you this, if I see you in person and you have reviewed the podcast, I'll give you a cheek smooch. 
Whoa. It's true. I'll do it. I'll give it's you a tart. His you hand is a little turtle bite out of my right The little babyest bite. Take me a little The little babyest bite. So unless any of you two can think of anything else we need to talk about, I no. think, I think it's, probably time uh, to it's pretty much time to wrap it up. No, hold on. No, I've got something. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, guys, did you know that I just bought a vanishing cabinet? No, you didn't. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Here's did you really? Yeah. Did it so, come with the scrub daddy? Sharper it came image? with the scrub daddy, but here's what I want to do. Scrub daddy's not going in there. I don't want him getting hurt. Sure. Yeah. But what I do want is uh, anybody who hasn't subscribed, oh, okay, you know who you are. Come Yikes. on up to Wax Space. Shout out to Wax Space. I have Shout a vanishing cabinet here. Okay. I want to let you, I, I want you to see the interior. I just want you to see the marvelous oak, the smell of the wood. I want okay. you to go in there, but wait, hold up. Blink. I took a little bit of your hair. Oh, Carter. I closed the door. Uh-oh. Waiting about five glorious seconds for you to come back dead. Whoa! Wow. Actual murder. Thanks, unsubscribers. Wow. Um, you're worse than um, someone who makes an unbreakable vow to help save a bad actor's life. Wow! Wow! Is basically how I feel. Yikes. Go ahead and subscribe. Are you familiar with buttons? Push them. That's all I've got to say. <laughs> Fair enough. Just push a button. You do it every day, okay? If you've got to uh, put the child lock on because you've got idiot friends that want to yell things at strangers, you push a button. Yeah, you do. That yeah. takes more effort than pushing your screen button to love others. Yeah, and I got to say, I'm not a fan of Carter's tone right now, but, uh, you I am know, a fan of his message. I'm a fan of his message, <laughs> and so I'll co-sign that. You know, if you're listening to this podcast right now, it's a fact that you are a mere two pushes of your finger Gosh, against a glass screen away. That is so true. From being a subscriber it takes of this If you effort. play Candy Crush, you push the screen 1.2 million times a night. Yeah, that's a fact. That's Give science. me like one to subscribe. And uh, Carter, is that, you got it out of your system? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. Well, then I think it's time to end our show for this week. And there's nothing, there's, <laughs> there's nothing that I would like to do more than for us each to guess the flavor of the tart that Harry ate out of <laughs> Ginny's hand. Okay. I'll go first. And my guess is just crust because there's no way he got any of the filling in that baby bite. Okay, cool. I'm going to guess quiche flavored because it super just looked like a spinach and sausage quiche. I could get down on a quiche right now. I, yeah, I would destroy a tart of quiche. I'm going to say it was the flavor of communion wafer. Okay. Which is about okay, the like actual amount he had in his mouth. Yep. It was about uh, a communion wafer. Yep. So yep. that was the body of magic Jesus. Magic Jesus. Well... On that note, for two chunks and a hunk, I'm Jordan, and here's my little bite. I don't like this. Too bad. I'm Doge, and here's my little bite. I'm not going to listen to this part of the podcast. <laughs> I'm Carter, and here's my little bite. Yeah. <laughs> Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.